Father, in this new year, give us a passion to live out our faith that reflects the sacrifice your son made for us. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, Belprez. Welcome everyone online. Uh, welcome, Belpress High and Middle. It's great to see you this new year. My name is John Kim, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. It's, and it's great to be here to share with you God's word. Now, I don't want to brag or nothing, but I've kept my New Year's resolution. I've done it. I've had rice every day this year. <laughs> now, I'm excited this morning to share with you a message on global justice Justice in the biblical sense is not only about making things right, but a mandate of our faith and crucial to being a disciple of Jesus. God shows time and time again throughout the scriptures his love, his compassion for, and for the weak, for the vulnerable, and the marginalized. Jesus himself says his mission was to bring the good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoner, bring healing and set the burden and battered free. And this is God's year to act. Now, did you know that over 60 years ago, Bellevue Presbyterian Church was a plant, was planted as an outreach from Seattle? With the first floating bridge crossing Lake Washington completed and the dramatic growth of Bellevue, Bellevue from 1,100 people to over 33,000, families from Seattle moved to Bellevue to help plant a new church. Our history as a church was founded on mission, the great co-mission to go and make disciples of all nations. Since then, our church has always set its sights outward with establishing programs to meet the needs of the poor in Bellevue to responding to global crisis in Russia, Guatemala, Rwanda, Haiti, Cambodia, and now Lebanon and Greece. We are on the move, and I'm so excited to be here in this moment with you all. God is using us to bring his healing and justice to people who are in desperate need. This past year, I spent time in the refugee camps in the Bekaa Valley, Lebanon. Many of the children I spent time with lost relatives in the war and are traumatized. Many showing signs of PTSD and needing medical care and counseling. I also met amazing people meeting the needs of the refugee families. This past summer, we sent one of our own, Lauren Schrock, to Greece to serve alongside the refugee community. We are seeing more and more of our Belprez family engaged in global justice. But with all that is going on, the problems are immense. Yes, these statistics reveal the evil nature we face, but we have never shied away from impossible odds. When the Rwandan genocide took place in 1994, where almost a million people were killed, Belprez responded by sending teams to find out how we as a church can support those who survived the genocide. Belprez invested almost a million dollars in creating the Center for Champions, a school for vulnerable youth. And to this day, we continue to support the existing programs that help students with education and learning trade skills. One of our own, Gene McAllister, at 58 years old, 
went to Rwanda and saw what breaks God's heart and decided she wanted to make a difference and was sent out from Belpres for 10 years to be the hands and feet of Jesus to a broken and hurt people. And in return, she met a young man who today is here with us, Pastor Alexis Ruhumuriza, a Rwandan refugee. Would you welcome him? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you very much to my brother John. Hello, Bepres. My name is Alexis Ruhumuriza, pastor for New Hope Revival. Today, I want to share about Jesus' missions. The scripture says about the spirit of the Lord was on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news for the poor. There's sometimes we can ask, what is the exactly anointed, the spirit? Sometimes we can see the anointed, we can, it's a speaking on tongues. No, anointed the spirit is the gift God given to you. He gave you the gift, and he gave the power to use that gift. In order to fulfill God's mission, you need anointed the Spirit. In order to bring the good news for the poor, you need God's Spirit. Hallelujah. Why we need anointed God's Spirit? In order to fulfill God's mission, you need that power. That power empowering you. It gives you the swings. In the best way, you can reach the poor. Everyone needs anointed spirit. The choir, the worship need that anointed spirit. As today I'm preaching, without anointed spirit, you will never understand. But if I am anointed the spirit, even if my language is not clear, you will feel the power. Amen. Hallelujah. Anointed the spirit, we need it. The spirit of God is on me. To be filled with the spirit is not just to speak on tongues. This is a couple of ways I want to teach you. When we feel the spirit, it's when the people convict their sins. When you are convicted their sin, immediately you feel the Spirit of God. Number two, when the people, they are compassion for their neighbor. If you want to feel the Holy Spirit, when you are compassionate with your neighbor, even your neighbor, they don't speak the same language as you. When you feel like, this is my brother and the sister. That moment, you feel the whole Spirit. Number three, when you are part of the world to bring God justice. Around in the world, there is refugees, there is immigrants, there is children, there are orphans. All your contribution, you bring the justice in the world, you feel, you are filled with the whole Spirit. Jesus' mission where the spirit is, number one, 
to proclaim the good news for the poor. We need to proclaim the good news for the poor. We need to proclaim the good news for hearing. We need to proclaim the good news for our government. We need to proclaim the good news for our marriage. You can't bring the good news without the fear of the Holy Spirit. Because the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the power to proclaim the good news. We need it. Number two, to hear the broken hearts, reconciliation. In Rwanda, after genocide, was so many children orphans, was so many victims, was so many the criminal case. The Rwanda, after genocide, 2001, they started a program called the Gachacha. Everyone say Gachacha. Gachacha is the program in Rwanda. They start. Three, three goals. What, three goals. One is to bring the through a, a mango for the Rwandan. Number two is to bring the justice among Rwandan. Number three is to bring reconciliation and forgiveness. The gachacha means sit down and discuss. American. We need to sit down. And discuss. That moment, Rwanda and the Hutu and the Tutsi, it was a big issues. The program had been moved, impacted to Rwanda. How the people have been killed. Neighbor, the friend, parent, they sit down and discuss. That moment was moving the concentration and forgiveness. In order to give up our marriage, sit down. And discuss. When you sit down, you will see the power of forgiveness. You will see the power of reconciliation. You will see the power for unit. Sit down. Republican Democrats, sit down. See how we are, America is one. Don't allow devil operate in your life. Number one B is to see the problem as American. The program was aimed in 2010. One that have been experienced forgiveness and reconciliation. Even it was big challenges. But you can do it. We need to experience the church today. Our family, we need to sit down. Our community, we need to sit down. That's the power. Don't give up. We need to sit down. Experience reconciliation. This program was almost every once a week meeting and discuss around the country 250 thousand judges unpaid without paid almost nine years listening to the community emphasize how they can forgive each other that's how the Rwandan is now the biggest strong country number three to proclaim the freedom for the prisons 
What kind of prison for the prisons? You may be the prison for the minds. You may be the prison for hearing the people. You don't like the people. You may be the prison just to feel you are alone. You may be the prisons like no like immigrant like Alexis. You may be prison. You don't like it. What's or something happens? Jesus, he came to say, there's a freedom. The prisoners, whatever how you feel you are stuck, there's a freedom. What can you destroy God's mission? John chapter 10 and 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and to destroy. But Jesus' purpose is to bring a new life. Every time when we were worried, where is my hope? That devil steal it. Jesus, he came to bring new life. That new life we can experience today. Devil came to steal and to kill and to steal, to destroy. Jesus. He came to bring new life. And not just a new life, satisfied new life. In 2019, be transformed and renew your mind. Amen. Now, when I was 13, it was 1983, and I was sitting in my home in Dallas when a Korean broadcast came on TV. Now, back then, it was unheard of, right? And I asked my parents what was going on, and they told me that this broadcast featured families in attempt to reunite them with those they were separated from during the war. Now, when the Korean War broke out 30 years prior, my dad was 13, and my mom was 11. They, like thousands of Koreans, were displaced from their homes and families and were forced to become refugees. I remember my dad telling me it was dead winter and he thought he was going to freeze to death as he was fleeing. And my mom told me how vividly she remembers the children and infants stranded on the sides of the road, knowing that most would die from starvation and cold. In hopes to reconnect families, the TV broadcast showed interviews of people asking questions like, what village were you from? And who was in their family? Names of people and places. Many of those interviewed were just youth when they were separated. Now, hours were broadcasted, and then I began to hear my mom cry out loud. She screamed in tears as she watched the TV. And I was freaking out, asking my dad, what's going on? And dad told me mom got separated from her family during the war. And just then, she realized the person on the TV was her sister she lost and thought was dead. I remember crying. Tears of joy for my own mom, who after 30 years found a lost loved one. Because of that TV broadcast, my mom was not only able to reconnect with the lost relative, but eventually help our relatives immigrate to the U.S. Our family's lives were changed forever on that day. 
Now, there's a passage in the Bible that has personal importance to me, and it comes from Isaiah 58. Now, let me set this up. The conversation begins with the Israelites complaining that they have fasted and obeyed God's commandments in every way. But God did not feel the same way with their so-called faithful living. So Isaiah calls them out for their hypocrisy. While they on the outward show signs of being religious by following the laws and fasting, they inwardly were corrupt and bankrupt. So so Isaiah explains what true faith in God looks like. Take a look at verses 6 and 7. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Isaiah was speaking to people who weren't in a true relationship with God. Their religion had failed to live up to the high calling of service, ministry, and love that God desired. They were more eager to obey the laws and practices of their religion rather than help their neighbors. As God's ambassador, Isaiah challenged their faith because their behavior included false humility, quarreling, And even fighting. You call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord, Isaiah said? It wasn't a matter of going through some routine ritual like changing our diets every six weeks. Boy, that hits me in the gut. God has different plans for us. God wants genuine repentance and genuine reform. What the Israelites needed to be doing was aiding the poor, feeding the hungry, and clothing the naked. This is true faith. This is justice. The verse that is so personal to me is in verse 7, which says, And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. The poor wanderer is better translated as alien, immigrant, or refugee. You see, my parents were refugees from the Korean War, immigrants from Korea. They came with absolutely nothing. But along the journey of life, people very different from ourselves, white, black, red, yellow, brown, all who are Texans, people who wore cowboy boots and cowboy hats on a regular basis, seriously, helped them. And I remember all the faces of family friends from over the years who loved my parents, loved me and my sister, helped us along the way. And these verses here became real to me because I am a result of people who live out justice. My family and I are on the receiving end of what justice looks like to be loved and cared for. And because of that, I see this passage in a different light. But what about those in the world who are in slavery, in poverty, being exploited for sexual means, those who do not have an advocate for themselves? What about them? Well, it's simple. You and I can make a difference. First, We can start by understanding the global justice issues that are going on around the world. This month, we have a number of opportunities where you can come and learn about justice. 
you can go to bellpress.org GJM, which stands for Global Justice Month, and see all of these events. And our last event is our Meal Packing Marathon, where we will be making over 150,000 meals to support our partner village in Mopongoba, Sierra Leone. All ages are invited. Second, right after our worship gathering today, we want to invite you for fellowship in the main lobby where you can meet our global justice partners. We believe in the work that they're doing and we want you to build a relationship with them. And third, would you make a difference today? Ask our partners what you can do right now to help bring God's justice to a hurt and broken world. If you want to help stop slavery, you can become a freedom partner. If you want to help a child in poverty, you can become a sponsor. If you want to help children without the means for education, you can provide a scholarship. You don't need to go across the world to make a difference. You can make a difference right here and now. Now recently I was in northern India visiting villages and people who are known to be the untouchables or Dalits, which mean broken or scattered. In India, there are caste systems which are social structures, and those structures determine your place in life. The untouchables are not even considered part of the caste system. These people aren't even considered people. They live in the most desperate conditions. The only jobs they can get working with manure or handling the dead. As we spent time with the children and women in these villages, I took this photo. Now, what you see here is a beautiful young Indian woman who looks like she could be on a cover of a fashion magazine. When I took this photo, I set my camera with a specific exposure, aperture, and shutter speed to get this exact photo you see here. But what you don't see is that she's an untouchable. Her clothes are tattered, dirty. Her living situation, none of us would ever imagine or even want to. But when you look through the lens of God's justice, you see things differently. You see people the way that God sees people. You see beauty and wholeness. You see what God cares about and what he loves Belprez, let's live a life of justice. Let's care for the poor. Let's bring justice to those in slavery. Stop the sexual exploitation. Help the refugee and immigrants. Let's be the hands and feet of Jesus and bring his healing and justice to the world. Father, Help us to see what breaks your heart in the world. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to be the example of justice for us. He became poor, went to a cross for a crime he didn't commit, only to rise on the third day to become the Lamb of God, to reconcile us to you, to forgive our sins, make us new. Father, may our hearts break. And would we live out justice and be the light you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.